Big Balls Bob. Not to be confused with Tiny Balls Todd. I do have a body. It's very fantastic. Uh, more of a temple, really, than a body. I can't tell if he's doing a bit or not. I'm glad you brought that, that point up because... Todd's a pussy. It's right next to Todd's OnlyFans. It's, it's on the internet. Yeah, Todd's not dumb. I tried to get in a high honest English class once and they called my parents and were like, hey, just tell him he can't do it. <laughs> it shows. It really shows. I'm a dumbass and I'm sorry. The first time you've been let out of mom's basement, right? Oh, no, I'm still in mom's basement, actually. <laughs> I hate you guys so much. I'm going to throw these two guys into the screen so that if I die, they can carry on the legacy of crap that is this show. And welcome in, fans, to another edition of Lombardi's Bar here on Game On Wisconsin's YouTube channel. I'm your host, Dan Connick. Thank you so much for joining us again today. We have got actual Green Bay Packer football to like actually talk like stuff that has happened to talk about. More football game stuff coming up to talk about. And of course, everything that's been going on at training camp this week. And we've got a great slate to talk about all of it. Before we get into any of that, I want you to take a second, if you have not done so already, to go up, hit the little subscribe button on the YouTube channel so you get notified every time we go live here at Game On Wisconsin. Helps us out a huge deal. Speaking of uh, being no help at all, let's bring in Todd and Jimmy. Todd, Jimmy, how are you guys doing today? How's the how's the week been? You know, no help at all is a really rude but also very accurate way to describe the two of us. Um, accurate. Wait, why is it the two? I don't know why I got brought into that. Because he that that's how he introduced both of us. You're so little help. You weren't even paying attention. To Dan introducing no, us. I, uh, anyway, I'm doing great, Dan. Been a good week so far. Uh, still still coming down off the high of what was a football game that I watched. Well, kind of. But there was a football game. I watched it. That was cool. Do you, is there really a high off of off of that, though? A Jordan Love? Um, so I'm using the preseason, preseason myself uh, to get back into, like, prime shit-talking form. Okay. I spent a lot of time okay. in uh, the Facebook groups just – you know, letting people know that <laughs> Danny Etling did not, in fact, look comfortable uh, at all in the offense. A true hellscape. You know, yeah, anything that starts Facebook. with, I spent a lot of time in any sort of Facebook group is just yeah. not going to be I didn't helpful. say I used my time wisely, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we're just out here, uh, like I said, getting ready for the season. Yeah. Well, like we said, we have an absolute boatload of stuff to talk about. A game from last Friday, a game coming up this Friday, training camp in between all of that. And who better to bring all of it in there? That's right, Big B. We got the dogs in us. Uh, who else who better to talk about all of that than probably the preeminent source on the ground, taking it all in, the podfather himself, Mr. Andy Herman. Andy, welcome to Lombardi's Bar. This is awesome. I'm so excited. I couldn't be more pleased to be in Lombardi's bar. I am very upset that I didn't make a drink for myself ahead of time. That was a mistake, but uh, I'm very excited. <laughs> you. Well, you, you mentioned before you came on that you had the cereal and the milk. That's what you should have brought is just the cinnamon toast crunch milk. Like just after a bottle yeah. of it. Yeah, just, yeah. Just, just the cereal milk. I think it's it called was... rum chata, Dan. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, that's I actually didn't use milk. I just it was cinnamon toast crunch, and then I put rum shada in it. Uh, to, you know, it was, it was it was one of the best uh, cinnamon toast crunch bowls that I've ever had in my life. It was so good. It was it was everything I wanted it to be and more. And now I feel very ready for this show. So we're, let, let's get going. I'm t- I'm excited. I'm pumped up. The Andy needed a sugar rush to deal with us. He's like, hey. Yeah. I need something. Let's just. Uh, yeah, I was, was going to come in sober, and I didn't have access to alcohol. So I went to that next best thing: cinnamon toast crunch. Okay, I, before I appreciate before you matching Todd, the energy. Before Todd gets into the real questions, Andy, who's the better pack a day host, me or Jimmy? I don't host it. I just in there for the ride. Uh, that was going to be my answer. Like, obviously, you're the better host because you're the only host with you. Uh, obviously, Jimmy's better looking. I think we can all agree. I'm sorry. No, uh, no, you're both hitting the crop top. No, you guys are both awesome. You guys are both phenomenal pack a day, uh, commenters, commentators, hosts, everything, extraordinaires, uh, couldn't ask for better people. And so why are we better than Todd since he's not part of it? Go to that part. Bash Todd now. Todd, Todd never applied. Yeah. I, that's, Piece you know, rap, it's not what I, it's not too what good. I'm Andy, too what good was your, the, I didn't know there was an application process. I, I apologize. <laughs> uh, Andy, let me ask you, what was your initial thought when you got the email from Jimmy that said that I co-hosted with him unbeknownst to you? I was excited to listen. I'm not even going <laughs> to lie. Cause I see, I think one of the best things about a good show and a good podcast is energy. And I, I knew you guys would bring the energy and uh, you know, you, you never, I never knew what was going to be behind, you know, door number one or door number two or what was going to come next. I knew you guys were going to bring the energy and the passion and that always makes a good podcast. So legitimately I was excited to listen to it and it didn't disappoint you guys were awesome. Thank you. All right. Enough stroking, it. enough stroking everybody's <laughs> ego. We we've, we've all, we're all clear. We're all very, we're all very good at our, our jobs. We're all very, you know, secure. People love us. Todd, kick us off. Uh, I think the, uh, the news from today that, that broke Travis Fulgham back with the Packers. Realistically, what do we expect from him? I mean, realistically, it probably a preseason body, right? Like, I can't like the one thing this wide receiver group has, or, you know, that you might need a a number one, maybe even a number two and somebody to step up into those roles, but they've got eight or nine guys who can be 53 man roster wide receivers. They don't need another one. Now we'll see where Danny Davis is, uh, you know, from a injury standpoint and whether or not he is able to get back and, you know, challenge for a practice squad spot. I think if he's healthy, he's got one of those locked up already. Um, but I, I think this is a situation and I tweeted it out actually when Malik Taylor was cut and when Danny Davis wasn't at practice where they were probably down to about five wide receivers that were going to be available to play considering Watkins and Cobb and uh, obviously Watson and Lazard are not going to play in this game or even if some of those guys do probably maybe a series or two at best. So uh, that brings you down to just five wide receivers and I just think that they needed somebody and Fogo makes a lot of sense, right? He's been in the system previously with Matt LaFleur. He's been a Green Bay Packer. He's been in training camp with the Packers previously. And then he's coming from Denver where Nathaniel Hackett's there and basically teaching a form of this system. So if you need somebody to play on Friday nights and you need that, you know, another body, I think that's what Fulgham's going to bring you. Now, crazier things have happened. You know, there've been players that have come in at the very last moment and made an impact before. So you never quite know. Uh, but I, I would be very surprised if uh, Fulgham could make him, his way onto the 53-man roster going into the season. Speaking of the wide receiving group, how, who do you think makes the final the final cut? Do do, do you do we need one more game to kind of like really get a, a gauge of of how we think this group breaks out? 
I don't think we need any more games to be honest, because I, I, I think this is just going to come down to Rogers, Lafleur, and Gutekunst and figuring out a, how many they want to keep. And then B that the, those last spots, I mean, Listen, Rogers said it, and I've been preaching from the top of the mountain. I can guarantee you Rogers this season, at least to begin with, is going to want Watkins, Lazard, and Cobb, a ton of Tunyon and Mercedes Lewis, a ton of Dylan and, and Aaron Jones. Like those are going to be his guys, a sprinkling of, you know, Josiah DeGuara. I'm sure Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are going to get time as well. Amari Rogers might get a cup of coffee here and there, but like those are going to be the guys that he wants out there because one of the true superpowers that exists in the NFL is Rogers ability to make checks and changes at the line of scrimmage. And he's got to have guys, 10 guys around him to be exact that are on the same page with him and able to understand all of those checks and assignments and all of that. And I think that's a lot to, for Dobbs and Watson and even guys like Amari, like that's a lot to take in at this point. So uh, I would expect he wants a lot of those veterans out there. So with what Rogers said and what LaFleur said all along to me, Lazard Cobb and uh, Watkins aren't going anywhere. From what Brian Gudikins has said, and based on how Amari Rogers has played and him being an early third round pick that they traded up for just a season ago, I can't see him going anywhere. Dobbs and Watson aren't going anywhere. To me, those are six. And then you've got, you know, Juwan Winfrey and you've got Samori Toure. And the question becomes, do you want to keep seven and, or do you want to keep six and try to get those guys back on the practice squad? And if you do keep seven, is it Winfrey or is it Toure? And I think that's probably where the big question is. And I think Danny Davis's injury potentially, you know, clears up any, like he would have had to just ball up. That's the one thing I think in preseason where like if Danny Davis just blew up in game two and then blew up in game three, that would have been the one thing where you like had to consider like, okay, can we, like, if we cut him, we not, might not get him back. So unless that happens, I think that almost clears things up where he gets a practice squad spot. So to me, and not, like I said, I don't think Fulgham can get in that conversation. So to me, this is, do they keep seven? And then is it Winfrey or Toure? I think I would go Toure. I can guarantee you Aaron Rodgers would probably go Juwan Winfrey. Um, I think Brian Gudikins would probably go Samari Toure, but I think it's just going to be a really interesting dynamic. So with this wide receiver room, you mentioned, like, obviously we have a lot of young guys. At the beginning of camp, kind of uncharacteristically, Rodgers was – he had some high praise for the younger guys, especially Dobbs. Uh, he was saying how Christian Watson's behind or like by him all the time asking questions. And now it kind of did a 180. And he was saying how like drops can't happen, need to step it up. They had a meet, he had a meeting with just the wide receivers. Should we read into that at all? Or is that kind of just par for the course of how Rogers is during training camp with young guys? No, I think this is, I think Rogers handled this perfectly. He had a, yeah, you know, he, I think he gave the right words of encouragement and said all the right things to begin with. And then I think he sets an expectation of where he wants things. I don't think things have lived up to that expectation. I think he, you know, called it out publicly and then had a heart to heart with them in a meeting and said, here's what I'm looking for. I think you guys got this. And the young receivers responded in practice and went out and balled out. Samari Toure had a great day. Romeo Dobbs had a good day. Juwan Winfrey had a good day. So like Amari Rogers had a great catch in the two minute drill over the middle of the field. I think those guys went and, and responded to it. I think that's, to me, that's leadership. Leader, leadership's not always like, you know, put your arm around a guy and tell him the things that he needs to hear. Right. I think the mm -hmm. toughest part about leadership is walking the line between I got your back and I'm going to call you out when you did something wrong. Having your back a lot of times is the easiest part of it. A lot of times it's telling a guy or, you know, calling a guy out and saying like, Hey, this is where I need you to be. And so I, I think he's handled it well. I think the rookies have overall, 
you know, handled it well, but they, there's a lot of work to do. I mean, we've seen go back to the preseason game, right? You know, Romeo Dobbs had uh, the couple drops that obviously were costly. You know, you had receivers that were running the wrong routes. Matt LaFleur specifically mentioned receivers that were just putting their shoulders into guys rather than using their hands to go out and physically block people. Go watch play two on offense. Romeo Dobbs goes down the field, shoulder right into the guy, never even tries to use his hands. Guy bounces right off and is there to help make the tackle. So I think there's a lot of things that need to get cleaned up. But I think we as fans like need to understand we, we always want a finished product as rookies, right? Like we're expecting guys to come in. I get there've been Justin Jefferson's and Jamar chases lately that come in and are just incredible from, from day one, but these are not finished products and it's going to take some time to put everything together. I think guys like Romeo Dobbs uh, are well ahead of schedule. I think Samari Toure is a seventh rounder is ahead of schedule. And I think, you know, we're just going to have to sort of wait and see with Christian Watson. But I, to me, there's nothing at this point that would lead me to believe that there's any sort of issue. I think Rodgers is doing the right thing by, you know, getting these guys hopefully on the same page as he is and where he needs them to be. And you mentioned, too, the like the big play from Jamar, uh, Jamar Chase. But even last training camp, it wasn't all – yeah, it wasn't all roses there either, like drops and everything. So, yeah, no, completely agree. It's just – it's par for the course right now. They're learning. They're growing. Uh, really quick, Jimmy, I just want to point out too, like Brian Gutekind, I think it was Brian Gutekind mentioned this, that like how well Dobbs looked at the beginning and how some of these rookies looked at the beginning and even said, like, we'll see how things go once all of the playbook is in. And once you start doing, you know, three, four, five, six practices in a row and the body starts to wear down a little bit and the mind starts to wear down. He's like, that's when you learn about the rookies and what they're made of because you will get physically exhausted and mentally exhausted in your first training camp and how those guys respond to that. Like he called it like as Dobbs was flying through the first two or three practices, he basically kind of winked and said like, let's see how he's doing at the end of training camp and see if he's still, you know, there. Like this is, this is what happens with rookies. This is a very natural thing that like, what you don't see with rookies is guys like Romeo Dobbs usually flying off a of press coverage, stacking corners and getting wide open down the field. What you don't see is him running precise, you know, usually is rookies running precise routes in the end zone, getting open and catching touchdowns almost every single freaking day in practice. So I think it's, a, a, you're still very excited about everything, but it's the details and the nuance for rookies that it, it just takes time to master. And that's very, very normal. Absolutely. Um, Going into the first preseason game last week, did you have any questions that like going into it that you wanted to get answered and then that were answered? Or do you still have some kind of up in the air for uh, going into week two on things you're looking for? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple, right? So I think the two I was looking at in week one are going to be the, the two things that I'm really looking at in week two. That's offensive line play. I was actually like, so the offensive line in practice, two days against the Saints, I felt that they really struggled run blocking specifically to the right side, running behind Jake Hansen, running behind Zach Tom, running behind Royce Newman. Tyler Davis was in there at tight end instead of Mercedes Lewis at times. That did not go well, probably as you could expect. Um, but I thought they it, overall, they've really struggled to open up holes. Got a little bit better late in practice. A.J. Dillon had a couple nice runs early. But running the ball uh, with this offensive line, both against the Saints defense I think even against the 49ers defense, against the Packers defense day in and day out has been a major issue. I thought against the Saints in practice this week, 
I thought they did a pretty darn good job of protecting both Rodgers and Jordan Love. And there's some pretty darn good defenders on that Saints defensive front. So I was I was a little uh, pleasantly surprised with the pass protection. And if that can be good, Sands, Jenkins, and Bakhtiari, that gives me some decent hope. And I think the run blocking can come a little bit more with time. But I still want to see this offensive line. And I know we're not going to see Jenkins. Clearly, we're not going to see Bakhtiari. And you're hoping those are going to be two huge pieces as the season starts. We'll have to kind of wait and see. But offensive line, I'm still very interested in. And like as as long as Jordan Love is a young, unproven quarterback, he's always going to be the story in preseason. He had some throws he would have loved to have back. He had some things that certainly didn't go his way. I want to see how he responds a week two. He had his, just a phenomenal, phenomenal day at practice uh, that was really fun to watch. I thought it his best day as a Green Bay Packer, quite frankly. And uh, I want to see hopefully that if he can stack that success, as uh, Mike McCarthy would say, and, and have a really good game on Friday. Yeah, I think – you know, one thing you kind of touched on with the rookies and and going back talking about Jordan Love here is even on his third interception, you know, the one that looked mostly on him, Matt LaFleur came out and said that they had two guys run the wrong routes. And and I think that's something that when you're watching these games is really important to note is it's not necessarily how somebody is, is doing themselves. It's reacting to those other guys around them as, as they're learning as well. Um, so that was a, a great point there. You kind of touched on the offensive line too. What do you think that looks like week one? I think Elton's going to be ready um, would be my, my hunch, not a doctor. Uh, so not, not guaranteeing anything. We'll have to sort of wait and see, but I have a feeling Elton's going to be ready week one. If I had to guess, I would say we're, we're looking at Yash, JRJ, Josh Myers, and then uh, probably Royce Newman at right guard, Elton Jenkins at right tackle. That would be my guess. Now, I wouldn't totally rule out David Bakhtiari week one. Um, I don't think he's going to take a ton of time to get ready if all of a sudden they they clear him and get ready to go. I also know they're not going to rush him back. And I think Yash has looked pretty good at left tackle too. So I think uh, if they go into that game and if, if they get Elton back in time, um, I think maybe that does free up a little bit of more lenience for David Bakhtiari and, again, not rushing him back in any capacity. So – if I, if I were a gambling man today, I would say Yash, JRJ, Myers, Newman, and then Elton Jenkins at right tackle for week one. How has, uh, how has Yash looked at right tackle? So, they, I, so here's the thing. I think once they had an inkling that Elton was going to be coming back, they put the kibosh on it. He hasn't been at right tackle in, I, I don't know, maybe since like the second day of training camp. Like it's been a long time. And I think once mm-hmm. they started to get a feel that, all right, Elton's probably going to be back either, you know, soon and, and maybe even in time for week one. I think they just stopped it. And especially, you know, who knows where Bakhtiari's at, but like Yash is, Yash spent, you know, three seasons getting ready to play left tackle. I think probably one of the worst things you could do right now is, is just all of a sudden ask him to switch sides. So I think mm-hmm. putting in, we know Elton can be anywhere, right? So I think putting him, uh, Elton at right tackle makes a ton of sense. I think Royce Newman's best spot is right guard. Um, clearly Myers is at center. And then I think Yash's is at left tackle. So I think Green Bay is putting their players in the best position to succeed. One thing that I've been keeping a little bit of an eye on, we heard like the, or we, I noticed, and we've obviously been, uh, you know, tweeting out that John running junior uh, or Zach Tom got time with the ones at left guard and John running junior was off to the side during that time period. And Matt LaFleur talked about just getting a bunch of competition and things like that. Remember that John running junior in his first few games played right guard, right? I don't know that it's like a complete impossibility that at some point, if, if Newman would continue to struggle, 
that if we maybe wouldn't see a little bit of, you know, long-term Bakhtiari at left tackle, Zach Tom at left guard, Myers at center, JRJ at right guard, and then Elton Jenkins at right tackle. And then you've potentially got some really good power right side, right? Running behind Elton Jenkins, John Runyon Jr., Josh Myers. You've kind of got your more pass protection guys on the left side. That's an old school, like we're going to go pass protection left side, Bakhtiari, Zach Tom. That's going to be more our finesse side. And then we've got, if we want to run power, we're going to go right. And we've got Josh Myers, John Runyon Jr. And then you, you know, Elton Jenkins and probably Mercedes Lewis lined up to that side. And you've got two different dynamics there. So um, I think they could do some potential stuff with that. But as of right now, I would expect JRJ at left guard and then Newman at right guard. Todd's initial evaluation of Zach Tom was that he was going to be uh, useless because he had two first names. Um, is that <laughs> is that what you've seen, or was he wrong? Technically, Andy Herman is uh, two first names, I think. So I, as a first namer, uh, I take umbrage with that idea. But, uh, you know, I can understand the thought process behind it, but I just think it's flawed logic, obviously. So, uh, you know, hopefully Todd's wrong on this one. It, it'd be the first time I'd be wrong on something, Andy. So I, it's the first time for everything. I'll, I'll welcome it. Uh, real quick, one last, uh, like, quick hitter, Andy. I just want, like, a one one word. If you had to choose for week one, you have a healthy Bakhtiari or healthy Elton Jenkins, which do you, which would you prefer to have just for week one? I, I mean, I wouldn't say healthy David Bakhtiari because that would give me faith that like, I know Elton's going to be fine at some point, right? Like if you tell me, sorry, I know I only got one word and I'm going way on here, but uh, <laughs> There's hyphens Bakhtiari simply because like that would tell me like, oh, well, like he's actually good to go and he's playing week one. Like that would give me a lot of hope if that were the case. So if it's just strategy, I mean, pick one, doesn't really matter, but I would take Bakhtiari because of the significance that would be behind him playing. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, So two games left, obviously. Um, Who is an offensive and defensive player that you feel still has the most to prove? I I feel like that's a bit of a loaded question because like you can kind of take that and expound upon it, whatever prove means, but take take a, a guy from either side who has the most to prove in these last two weeks yeah so I'm, i'll just kind of think this through out loud so i think that number three running back spot right the tyler goodson the patrick taylor maybe even dexter williams i think that's a really interesting one i think tyler Gibb, tyler goodson maybe has the most to gain if he can have a, re- a couple of really good games like tyler davis has a lot to prove in this last week two you know two false starts um, and a, a drop today at practice. He's been struggling in a really rough game against the 49ers. You know, the Daphne cut would lead me to believe that Tyler Davis is in the driver's seat for the number four tight end spot, but crazier things have happened. And if he keeps having rough practices and rough games, I think he has a lot to prove. I think those last offensive line spots, I think Cole Van Lannan, I think maybe even a Caleb Jones, I, I think those guys have a, a lot to prove in this as well. Um, and then, of course, the Samari Tour Age One Winfrey trying to fight for maybe a number seven roster spot. I think those are the guys on offense that you're probably looking at defensively. Um, you know, I would say, you know, Jack Heflin is at a really good camp so far. I think he has, you know, something to prove, maybe if not to the Packers, to the rest of the league to say, hey, like if the Packers are going to cut me, come and claim me. Um, you know, outside linebacker, I think there's probably two spots between Tipa, Garvin, and Ladarius Hamilton, and maybe even Kobe Jones now. Uh, which seems crazy. I would not have thought I would be saying that a, a week ago, but I think those guys all have a lot to prove for maybe two spots because Inigbari is going to get one. We know the two starters are going to. I think they probably keep five. So there's that. I think the sixth corner, 
Um, I think Keandre Thomas uh, is a name that nobody really talks about that I think has a legitimate chance to win that number six corner spot. I think he has a lot to prove if he could go out and have two good weeks. I would, I, you know, I know I got just one name and I gave you like 30, but that's sort of my thought process as I'm going through offense and defense. Yeah. Basically the whole back end of the roster, like the last 30 spots of the 90 man, that's who that's has everything to prove. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Uh, In our, uh, in our expert preparation for the show, Todd put in the notes, Jimmy tight end question. So I was trying to think of a good tight end question. I've, I actually came up with two. One is one is more of a favor. Uh, we all know the nickname that people gave uh, Nick Foles when he was in Philadelphia and won the Super Bowl. Uh, and so we thought we would – we gave Rob Robert Tunyon a nickname as well, and I'm hoping that you can adopt it. Use it in any articles, podcasts. It's yours. Uh, his name is Big Balls Bob. So if you want to adopt that, that's all you. Take it and run with it. In, I'll put that in all my articles going forward, okay? Perfect. I'll let, I'll let Russ know. Uh, or Ross now. Uh, and then the second I was one. Say, are you what, what, Russ Ball? You letting Russ Ball? Dude, honestly, <laughs> I'm letting them both know. Uh, so with the tight end spot, do you think part of that Daphne cut? And uh, do you think part was like he wasn't really going to make a significant spot on the team, if anything? And it was more of a cut out of like, hey, try to find a spot somewhere else in the league before it gets too late. Or was it just they like that guy they brought him from the Panthers and needed someone out? I don't think it had anything to do with bringing in the guy from the Panthers. I think that maybe led it to believe that, you know, that, that obviously they would probably release a tight end, but like, you know, you would have expected, I would have expected that then you maybe LSA Mack or a Sal Canella or someone like that is, was probably on the chopping block and not a Dominic Daphne. I think the most surprising thing to me, and I know he was a little bit banged up, but the surprising thing to me is a Tyler Davis has had kind of a rough camp and didn't play well in that first preseason game. The second is like, I would have expected them to at least keep him around in like, what if, you know, Josiah DeGuara goes down tomorrow with an injury? Like you would think that you would want a Dominique Daphne. There's somebody that knows the offense that can be an H back that can be a fullback. Um, and I quite honestly thought that Daphne was the best, like sort of like fullback on the roster. Like DeGuara can do it a little bit, but I thought Daphne was better at it. Um, I think maybe the injury played a part here. I think, um, you, I don't know this to be the case, but it could have been a situation where Rich Basaccio was like, Hey, you know, he's not going to be a, a core special teamer for us. Um, I can't, I can't play this guy much on special teams if that, and I don't, again, I, I don't know if that's the case, but if all of a sudden that's the case, like if he can't play teams and all of a sudden, like you've got like this fullback H back guy and you've already got a Deguara on the roster, there's just a very limited upside for keeping him on the roster at that standpoint. So I think this is more to do with like, Hey, let's let him go now and see if he can find a, a spot somewhere else. We can go make a team and sort of do the guy a little bit of a favor if you're not going to keep him anyway. Well, I guess I was a little bit mostly surprised because again, if a Deguara, a Tyler Davis, a Mercedes Lewis, one of those, even Tunyon all of a sudden has a setback, like now you're very thin at tight end. And I just would have at least expected them to keep him around until final cutdowns to say uh, like, just in case. That makes sense. Uh, so one name I noticed you didn't bring up uh, when answering Dan's last question was Ty Summers. Does Ty he make Summers. the team? I knew that was no. coming. I, I, quite honestly, I was surprised he didn't get released on the 90 to 85. <laughs> same. Yeah, same. Um, sure. No disrespect to Ty Summers, right? But like in this league, you are, um, you have value until you kind of show that you don't. And um, with all due respect to Ty Summers, like he had a lot of opportunities on defense over the, his three years in Green Bay. Um, couldn't really do much with it. He had a lot, a lot of opportunities on special teams in three years in Green Bay. Couldn't really do anything with it. 
And he's basically been running with the last group at linebacker. Like Ray Wilborn's been ahead of him. You know, Chris Barnes has been ahead of him. Isaiah McDuffie's been well ahead of him. Um, so he's just like well behind and he's not on any of the core special teams. So like, I mean, if, if you told me Ty Summers was on the 53, that would be about, I think, the most shocking thing that I could hear uh, coming out of the 53-man roster cutdowns. Yeah, no, I think anybody um, with three quarters of a brain agrees with you on that one, Andy. So um, it was two weeks ago. I said he could be a surprise make solely for special teams. You were not- sold on him making the team. Let's not argue about it. We've got the tape. We can go back and watch it. Uh, All right. If we're going to air dirty laundry, Andy, you brought up Mike McCarthy. How about you ask Todd about this thing, this bet he has that if Mike McCarthy. Uh, Jimmy, do you want to talk about making good on bets? No, I don't. Todd, Let's ask Andy some real questions. I want to hear the Mike McCarthy thing. What's the Mike yeah. McCarthy? Stay on topic. Uh, it, I might have thought that he would get fired before the start of his third season there, so I might have to get a bowl of mashed potatoes tattooed on my ass. On your eyes? Oh, that'd be better. His on my ass. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where did this mashed potato Mike thing even start? Like, why is that your name for him? I, it's just I don't, it came. I think it came from Evo, to be honest. I think I think you should be allowed to either get mashed potatoes or a picture of Mike McCarthy with that like head or like like that like the perplexed Mike McCarthy meme. Like I think you could easily, like you should be able to substitute that because a sweet perplexed Mike McCarthy headset on meme um, on your ass is like that's art. That's I don't so, know why you wouldn't want. So that. you would think, yeah, I could. Uh, talk to whoever I made the bet with and see if we could switch that out. <laughs> I didn't the make the part. bet with anybody, Andy. I just said it out loud. Uh, and as, as the pod father, I'm going to go ahead and, and rule overrule this one. And I'm going to say you are allowed to get McCarthy <laughs> uh, perplexed meme on your butt instead of a bowl. It of just decided. The nation uh, would be would be very mu- much pleased with that. I think it's just a better choice. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm gonna stick with the mashed potatoes. I appreciate the input, though. Um, <laughs> I, I also, I mean, there's a chance where I do just pull a Jimmy and completely back out of it entirely. Yeah, that's uh, all right. You don't have a wife. That was very upset with you, Todd. How about laser eyes, Mike McCarthy? Like the the meme where he's like shooting lasers out of his eyes while chasing down the ref. That would be another really good one. Just I'm just throwing ideas in. I don't want to spend more than 15 minutes getting this tattooed. <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> okay, then here's here's what you do. You have Jimmy do the tattoo in 15 minutes. His best version of laser eyes, Mike McCarthy. Not a chance. Like his best version of it in 15. He gets 15 minutes to do the best possible version of laser eyes, Mike McCarthy on your ass. I think this is it just makes a ton of sense. No chance I'm sterilizing the needle, Todd. The no. wheels are in motion now. I'm finding yeah. one in the bathroom. I'm using it. We're also not consulting with Andy on any bets moving forward. <laughs> Because I lose too many of them around here. <laughs> um, Andy, we'll, we'll get you out of here with uh, my professionally uh, crafted question for you. And that is something, something Jordan Love. Tell, just gush for, about Jordan Love today. I mean, I, today it was like the Jordan Love show. I want to hear all about Jordan Love. Tell, tell me why I should be excited about Jordan Love after today. Yeah, so I mean, I think going into training camp so far, yeah, the one thing that's not debatable is that he's been better than he was a year ago at this exact same time. How much better, I think, is very uh, debatable. I think how he played in that first preseason game, very divisive. I think it's still an overall very divisive topic with Jordan Love. But I think the one thing that's clear is that he's shown progress. Um, but I think the one thing that's been missing is I don't think he's had that moment. And I don't think he's had a, like that one practice where you're just like, okay, That was a consistently good practice from beginning to end. I saw everything that I wanted to see. He led the team. He did everything until today. 
And that's what I saw on a day where the offense was massively struggling, where Aaron Rodgers was uncharacteristically inaccurate through an interception, couldn't get much going. Jordan Love comes in in the red zone drill where Rodgers went, I think, two for eight um, in the red zone. Jordan Love comes in and goes three for four in red zone, three touchdown passes, uh, Winfrey, Toure, and Dobbs, I believe. Um, and, you know, was fantastic stepping up in the pocket, uh, was on time with his throws. The ball to Winfrey was picture perfect, back of the end zone where only Winfrey could get it. Um, that was fantastic. And then he had a pretty good remainder of the day. Uh, no mistakes, no poor decisions, just really, you know, really sound with the football. I thought he stepped up in the pocket really, really well. The best I've ever seen him do that. And then, like, as we were going into the final two-minute drill of the day, which was Love's two-minute drill, I was thinking, like, man, if he could have a good two-minute – because he's that's one thing he's struggled with in camp has been the two-minute drill. Like, man, if he could have a good two-minute drill here, this would be such a – like, a huge day for Love, and it would just be like – it would have to be such a huge confidence boost for him. And he goes – uh, first play, um, is it like, like an Aaron Rodgers classic on the two minute drill is to complete like a five or six yard play, like out of bounds, just to get like a momentum quick out of bounds. Usually defense is starting to play off. And if you can get just that quick throw, like to like get you in rhythm and get some momentum, he hit that to Alizé Mack on the left side. Mack picks up six yards, gets out of bounds. They get a little bit of rhythm. The next play, he steps up into the pocket, hits Amari Rodgers right over the middle of the field for like a 19 yard gain, gets to the 50 yard line, quick timeout. Um, gets to the 50-yard line. Uh, it's about 50 seconds left, first and 10, down by seven. And he takes the, the snap and, again, beautifully navigates the pocket. Uh, Samari Toure comes deep post uh, down the right side or from left to right. And Love just drops, like, literally, like, one of those where they, they say, like, you can't hand it to him any better. Like, just drops it in beautifully in stride so Toure can accelerate to the end zone. Toure takes it in from there. It's probably, you know, 50 yards in air. And then uh, Toure takes it in. And uh, beautiful, beautiful ball. Great play by Toure. Great throw by Love. And then they go for two. And it was one of those, like, rollout plays to the right. And Toure's coming screaming across. And he hits Toure on a sliding catch for the two-point conversion and the official win. So, um, beautiful, beautiful day. Three for four in red zone. The winning two-minute drive on the last drive and play of open training camp and the last you know play of the the practice you know you just can't script it much better than that so um was beautifully well done by jordan love his his best day as a packer in my opinion and like i said hopefully you can carry that over into a preseason game with the saints this weekend that was some sean mcveigh level remember <laughs> that's what, that, the whole time i was thinking i was like we got sean mcveigh on this thing <laughs> i'll take it as a compliment yeah sure handsome should, fella all right. Yeah, all right. That's what I thought. I thought you meant the looks. I didn't. Yeah, that's all saying. I was talking about. Memory yeah, recall is crap, but the clearly John McVeigh and I look very, very similar. Andy, thank you so much for sticking around for as long as you did to talk with us. It was an absolute pleasure for you to stop by and just pick your brain about everything. Like, like Jimmy said, it's like picking a Sean McVay type brain. Uh, for the Packers. So, really, really appreciate you stopping by. Um, if the people don't know help them lift up the rock that they've been living under and let them know where they can find your stuff. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. It's right here. Um, and then uh, you can find my work on Packer reports, uh, packerreport.com. And then of course, uh, pack a day podcast over on YouTube, as well as anywhere you get your favorite audio podcast. So uh, we've got an amazing team of people, uh, Jimmy and, uh, you know, you can find Dan there every once in a while, still making cameos as well. So, and even Todd, you know, Todd's been on, go find the Todd episode. That's you like the hidden know. gem the um, that you can find. So, uh, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. This was a ton of fun. I might have, I might have more cinnamon toast crunch now that I'm still jacked up and need a little bit more buzz. So 
all jacked up on some first crunch, man. <laughs> Andy, thank you so much. Have a great night, man. We appreciate it. Have a good it. one, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Andy. Thank Thanks, Andy. Thank you again to Andy Herman for stopping by. Jimmy nailed it. It's like it's like talking to Sean McVay up for the Green Bay Packers. The guys, the guys in encyclopedia. I was honestly really impressed the way he was with the routes on that thing too. I was like, all I know is ball throw, ball catch, touchdown. That's all I would have remembered. <laughs> throw a ball. But you have catch, you have a touchdown. very special brain, Jimmy. So that's that's very important. <laughs> uh, I do want to point out a couple of things while uh, while Andy was just blowing our minds with his knowledge of every single thing that happened all day. Uh, we've got Lambo Labo back in the chat. Finally, uh, I may or may not have harassed him uh, to get him back in here. Uh, We've also got an appearance from Mama Westendorf. So behave, boys. Uh, Emma, Matt, Jason, good to see you guys in here as well. True North Packer fan. So I appreciate you guys jumping in with us. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Let's let's go ahead and jump into uh, the second half of the show here. And... Buy around. Let me get the. Hold on, I gotta get the. Get your go. stuff together. Buy around, Jimmy. Who are you buying around for? Producer this Nick. Why oh. is he not here oh, doing this Nick. for us? Should we just all buy a collective round real quick for him? Get that bullshit out of the way. Yes, let's buy around for for Nick and Annie and little Patrick. Yeah. The other wait, was it Patrick or Patrick James? Oh, yeah, okay, sure. yeah. I thought, I thought it was Patrick. Little PJ. Uh, yeah, we'll buy around for Nick. You had your kid. Congrats, Todd's kid. Is it? Are we still now, are we, can, now? Now Nick can stop using it as a crutch. Yeah, I know. Fucking show up. Paternity leave is one day. <laughs> it's today. We expect you next week. Uh, Matt, Matt with the exact uh, Matt episode. episode. He's got Todd, spreadsheets. Dude, Matt you have, loves spreadsheets. He legit has spreadsheets. Yeah, Todd, you have to be on another pack of that now. Don't tell me what I have to do. You Anyways, should, congrats yeah. to Nick, Jimmy. Who else yes. are you buying around for? All right, I'll keep it moving. Uh, I'm going with uh, Dron Reed. Uh, everything I've seen from camp, he has been consistently making plays with defensive line. For years, you've been saying how we need depth next to next to Kenny Clark. We saw PED Dean Lowry last year who did well, but we needed to step it up a little bit, and now we have all-natural Dron Reed just constantly in the backfield, stuffing the line. He's doing incredible. Literally every day I'm hearing – how consistent he's being. And that's really all you need. You don't need him to be spectacular, even though he's made those plays as training camp. You just need him to be complimentary to Kenny Clark. And by golly, he has been. So it's been great. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go broke this week. So we're buying around for Nick collectively. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm also going to buy around. I had two here. One is grandma Joan, uh, avid listener of the show. She's got a birthday coming up this week, taking her to Lambo on Friday. Uh, so if you're going to be around, get a hold of me and I will come up with an excuse of why we can't hang out. Uh, I'm super busy. Got a lot happening. So would love to hear from you. Probably not going to be able to meet up though. Sorry about that. Uh, He's actually, kidding. that's the best part. Actually <laughs> buying around for Kingsley and Ibari. Uh Guy's a beast. Had a, a hell of a game on Friday. Been tearing it up in practice this week. Uh, as Andy said, he's, looking like a lock to make it right now, obviously. Uh, so glad to see somebody coming around on the edge because they need some depth. Yeah. And we just cut Ramsey. Were you guys surprised about that at all? I'm, I'm surprised that it was the first in the first cuts. Yeah. Honestly, like, like Andy kind of said, there was a couple of other, you know, guys that I think we all thought were, 
were easy cut downs from 90 to 85 that didn't that time summer <laughs> yeah i think that's what surprised me the most was that it just wasn't the first cut i, w- I wouldn't be surprised if when he it when or if he had gotten cut later but uh yeah a little bit more just surprised that it happened when it did um I'm gonna buy around. I guess we're we're buying around for the whole the whole uh, the defense today. Uh, I'm gonna go with Razul Douglas because dude was out there in the one on ones, just absolutely talking all of the shit and wanting all of the smoke from all of the Saints wide receivers. And I am absolutely here for it. I think the one the one like quote I think I saw, and it was sort of an a. Uh, not an exact quote of him to Jarvis Landry saying like, just because he changed his uniform doesn't mean it's going to be any different. Like uh, relating back to the two picks that Douglas had again, when he was covering Landry uh, against the Browns on Christmas. Uh, I absolutely love, I love shit like that. And I already loved Razul Douglas, Raz Agul Douglas, as I call him. Um, <laughs> So, I so I love, I love that he is just still bringing it, and this defense has so much swagger and so much balls, and I love it. I, think- I, I like that he, so he got cut last year for getting in a fight at a joint practice, and the fact that it's another joint practice, and he's like, <laughs> someone needs to talk shit out here. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> like, all right, all right, kid, go for it. It seemed like everyone, though, like, and I, th- I think that's what not even just defense, but the team has missed in general is just those like, won't take any dogs. shit. At the dogs. dogs at either side of the, either side of the ball. And now we had Razul talking a lot of shit. Eric Stokes got into it with Landry. I think he said like, he tried a little boy him and he doesn't care who it is. He's not going to let that happen. Uh, someone pushed Alan Lazard. And he grabbed, he pulled a Aaron Donald and grabbed his face mask. I'm sure the next thing he was going to start fucking choking him. Uh, but just seeing that from a team, like having that aggression, just not taking shit from other people. I think that's great, especially from ones that, uh, I like seeing it from Allen, just the wide receiver core right now. Everyone has questions about it and just coming out with that. Like, I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to let anything, not going to take any shit. I think that's great. Yeah. And I'm actually, I'll lead that into my, uh, pay the tab for this week. And that is Matt LaFleur. And I guess also, uh, was it Dennis Allen, the head coach of the the Saints now? Um, sure. Let's get let's get some more of these one on one drills, and I want to I want to see some I want to see some you know fisticuffs, a Donnie Brook. You know, I I, I want to see I want to see guys getting in there and and you know getting the the pushing and the shoving. I, I want more of that. You know, Matt came out and said that they yeah, limited hockey like, season's close. Just calm down, you. <laughs> You'll get it. Like he limited, they limited the one-on-one drills, you know, especially that first day. Cause he said, that's kind of where you see a lot of the stuff boil over, but like, come on, man. I, I didn't, I don't come to watch a joint practice between two teams to watch them get along and, you know, play patty cake on the sidelines. I want to see dogs and let's see the dogs go at it, man. What's up, Joe? What's up, Joe? No, I, I totally agree. And I'm going – I'm just going to jump in and give my pay the tab right away while you're talking so you can talk yourself out of this hole. Uh, my pay the tab is going to be Dan for just publicly saying that he was happy about um, 1250 <laughs> going under. Christ. He supported Audacity or whatever the fuck it is that owns him now. Odyssey. Um, 
Odyssey. I the audacity, audacity. The audacity of Odyssey. Um, so, Dan, just go ahead and explain yourself why you hate radio, why you're happy they're gone. Dan's always been a big capitalist guy, so yeah. uh, <laughs> it makes a ton of sense. Always rooting for the big guy. Uh, it makes sense. Uh, I completely understand where he's at on that. Jimmy, who else uh, needs to pay the tab? All right, uh, pay the tab. I'm going with just the young wide receivers. Uh, we heard um, Herman talk about it's. it was great leadership by Rodgers, calling them out publicly, and then he had that meeting with them for them to just step up and do and explain exactly what they need to do. So far, they did that today, uh, but now we just have to see that consistently. Uh, going into this season, Rodgers oh, so is you good. Hate, you hate the wide receivers now because the wide receivers had a couple good days, and, and now we're holding them to and a standard. And... That's, a, that's a reach. That's a reach. <laughs> I know. I knew, I knew it was. I knew it was. It's just sad now, Dan. Come I was, on. I was going to go along with I was just going to agree. I was going to say, yeah, fucking hate him. Uh, <laughs> that's not going to win with me. Uh, fuck. I don't know. Anyways, wide receivers, keep stepping it up. Rogers is going to obviously have a little bit of sway for wanting veterans. <laughs> you got to uh, do well, wide receivers. Uh, Todd, who's paying the tab? <laughs> Kickers. Uh can oh yes! Somebody stay what? healthy and kick the a ball. Absolute fuck was screw that? The fucking <laughs> uprights and to the end zone on kickoffs. Like somebody, <laughs> please fucking figure this out. Did you see Matt Steinman's tweet about it? Had me. Di- he said, "Uh, I don't even remember his name that kicked it. Uh, but he it was misses- uh, Burchick, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah." He missed his 30, 32 yard field goal about 32 <laughs> yards to the left. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, he can't be that bad. I actually watched it. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. That has to be the no. worst kick I've ever seen. I remember like a couple years ago, Katie Nolan had a, a bit for ESPN where they brought like they brought like the they found these random people that were like shit talking college kickers that missed like fairly significant like kicks. And brought them out there and they basically like set them up to kick the actual field goal that this person missed. And of course, like embarrass them. However, I feel like a lot of us could have kicked them. <laughs> we would have at least been at the the right direction, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, I would have I would have been short, but I at least would have been straight. Right. Heard Progress. That about you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, as we get to the end here, obviously the lone uh, home preseason game coming up on Friday against the Saints. Um, we probably see a little bit more starters, a little bit more, you know, of the the full, you know, team out there for a little bit longer. So what are you expecting out of this week's game? What are you looking for? Who's, uh, you know, who's a guy, maybe one on each side that you're looking forward to? the most before we get to our bar bets. Mm, Todd, go ahead. Uh, defensively, I still want to see Quay Walker just run around the field. Uh, it was fun to watch him last week. Uh, I just want to see more of him uh, all the time. On offense, I think just more Jordan Love progression, right? Last week, um, you know, it is tough because he's in there with a lot of guys that he's not necessarily getting a ton of practice with because, you know, Dubs is playing with the ones quite a bit in practice. Um, and then, you know, how much is he getting with 
Winfrey, who's with the ones we hear quite a bit, and Toure when they, they're pairing up. So how much really are they getting to play together, and how well do those guys all know the playbook? So I think it's important to see Jordan Love keep progressing uh, along as he is. Um, and it's also hard because Jordan Love's not going to play more than two quarters in a preseason game, uh, like some really smart person said last week, and two idiots disagreed with him. Um, Wait, what was the bar bet last week? That he, that he play- was going to play more than two quarters. And you guys were both like, Todd, you're an absolute idiot. No, for saying you- that. You literally said, I'm going to go five Bakhtiari's under because Jimmy's so confident. That was your logic behind it. Yeah. You guys act like it was a stupid question to even ask, which immediately made me want to go that way. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. Which apparently was a really good question. And you guys are idiots. (laughs) All right. I'm going to go. Offensive side of the ball has to be Tyler Davis. Uh, We, we released Dominic Daphne. Obviously, I have confidence with him. They He was raved before he came into training camp. Today was probably, the last couple of days, probably some of his roughest. He also had that uh, drop that turned into an interception during the preseason game. He needs to show why they were so confident. He has to not even just ball out, but just do well. Just do his job well. Don't make any, don't have any fuck-ups. Uh, showing he can be a solid contributor behind DeGuar, behind Tunyon, and Big Dog himself. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I think I'm going to go with the Slayton sandwich, just those two big bodies right in the middle, uh, TJ Slayton. And it's like, isn't it CJ Slayton? What's the other Slayton? I don't even know. I just know his number 16 Slayton. And I love his, I like that they're standing by each other. Uh, I just want to see them do well, adding on that depth behind Kenny Clark, Kenny Clark and Dron Reed. I just, I really love that. And it's kind of like the entirety of the defense. Secondary was good last year or for a couple years with Alexander, but, it's our linebacker linebacker depth. We completely turned that around and we have depth there now with Chris Barnes being number three. McDuffie's been playing well. Our defensive line, it went from, we need to get Kenny Clark help to now with Wyatt, TJ Slayton, uh, Chris Slayton has been before. Heffling could be a practice squad player that could easily come up and contribute. Dean Lowry's still there. It's just cool to see these defensive weaknesses have kind of turned into strengths, strengths and actually like depth for the players. So, um, that's kind of what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, I mean, Quay Walker for me on defense, that's my, that's my absolute crush this year is I hope, I hope that guy comes out and just absolutely is, you know, lights, lights this defense on fire. Yeah, Cause I think that he can. Um, well, I said it last week. So technically you ripped me off from last week. Um, I have a short I- memory, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> um, offensively, I want to see, I want to see the offensive line just perform as, as a whole, you know, Andy kind of mentioned it with the, the practice this week, the joint practice with the saints, how, you know, run blocking didn't look great. Pass blocking looked better, you know, Elton off the pup list. Do we see him? Like, like I, I just want to see this offensive line show me more consistency on all aspects of the game. Um, you know, because even if, even let's say like week one, it's, it's a miracle. Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari are both back on this line. There's a very good chance that both of them probably don't play or start every single game this year. So with the depth on the offensive line is crucial. So, uh, I want to see after a whole week of playing against these guys in practice, now you get to play them in a full game. Show me what you learned from this week. You know, 
So I want to I want to see a step up from from this offensive line. Uh, let's can jump ask, into our. Go ahead. Can I ask a quick question with with Bakhtiari? Like right now, what are both of your guts saying? How many games do you think he's actually going to play this season? I think he's back week five. I would I would say my guess is he probably. I think he comes back after the London trip, which I think is week six. Um, just because like, if he's not going to start those first couple of weeks, I just don't know about playing him a week or two and then having him do the travel to London, play the London game, come back for me. It was just, I don't know. I don't know if it's just like a, a thing of scheduling. I just, you know, that's a natural kind of benchmark in the season, but Honestly, I have no, it's such a toss up for me because I thought he was going to be back at the start of next year. And then it was just one, you know, one thing after another. And I, I just have, I have no confidence in any opinion on it. So if he starts the, I should know this, but as Todd mentioned, I don't have three fourths of a brain. Um, if he starts the season on the pup list, he misses the first six games, right? Uh, you know, honestly, I don't, uh, I don't remember the rules, how that works. Is We're it all big idiots then. It's not eight. I thought I thought it was six. I could be wrong. There Usually was eight, but I I feel like they switched that up. They switched it. Oh, um, Matt trust Matt. Four Matt's games. got four yeah. games in the chat. Four games. Okay. And Matt, I then trust. I mean, if he starts, if he starts on the pup, misses the first four games, and then maybe give him a little bit of extra time, just because again, it's been so wishy washy. Um, let's hit our bar bets real quick, guys. Uh. I got two of them up here for you. Over, under, one and a half Jordan Love turnovers. That's a fumble. That's an interception, whatever. Jimmy. I am – I'm going to go under. I think with the the talking to Rodgers gave the wide receivers, how they need to show and step up this week. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit cleaner of a game on the offensive side of the ball, at least for the passing. The, the run game is going to have to show something, obviously, in camp they weren't able to push that defensive line, uh, but we won't be seeing many of the starters on defense anyway. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go under three box yards. Okay. Todd. Five box yards over saints have a good defense. Um, still a lot of young guys, a lot of moving parts on the offense. You're going to have some sloppy play here and there. So I'm going to go uh, five box yards over. Uh, I'm going to go five Bakhtiaris, but I'm going to say under. I think that he cleans it up this week. I really do. I think uh, I just have faith in him. I like I have faith in Jordan Love's progression. Um, last one, one and a half. Packers defensive turnovers over under. How do many turnovers do the dogs have? Jameis Winston, from what I understand, not going to play. So it's going to be probably mostly the Andy Dalton show to start off with. Todd, where do you go? Uh, I'm going to go over five Bakhtiaris all day, regardless of who's playing. It's Andy Dalton. Uh, I think it's like Ian Book is a third stringer too. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, – fuck that guy. Yeah. yeah. It's got picks written all over it. Are we going to just – should I just leave five Bakhtiaris up, all of us going over one and a half? Because that's where yes. I'm at. Yes. yes. Defensive giving yeah. me funny feelings in so many places. They're yeah. so good. I Five Bakhtiaris <laughs> over for sure. Okay, good. I like that. That makes it uh, that makes it easy then. All right, uh, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of 
Lombardi's Bar. We greatly appreciate you stopping by. Again, if you have not done so already, make sure that you're following us on Twitter at Lombardi's Bar, at Game on Wisconsin. And if you haven't subscribed on the YouTube channel, do that as well so you get notified every time that we go live here on the Game on Wisconsin YouTube channel. For Jimmy, for Todd, for producer Nick, daddy producer Nick, back at home. Hope you're watching, Nick. Annie, Patrick, hope you guys are all doing well. Congratulations again. I'm your bartender, Dan Connick, saying so long. We'll see you next week. Go Pack Go.